It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm pleased to be joined by Chris Davis, former Auburn defensive back, best known for what he did against Alabama. It's Iron Bowl week. Happy Iron Bowl week to you, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. I can't complain. Thanks for having me. Sure thing, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for taking the time. So, yeah, like I said, it, it's Iron Bowl week. You played in uh, two of the the more dramatic Iron Bowls in recent memory. Just kind of, you know, overall, what does Iron Bowl week mean to to Chris Davis? Uh, it's a hate week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> you hate Alabama the whole week, and uh, I always tell people that's like a tour day because uh, Thanksgiving weekend is no school, so you have more time to prepare and uh, do all those type things. But it's it's a hate week, man. You know friends. You got friends from the other sideline that you're going against, competing with, who you who you done got recruited with and played in uh All-Star game with. So right. it's a great week, man, uh, especially when it's uh, got a lot riding on it like this one and like the one in 2013 and 2010. So uh-huh. it's a great week. Yeah, and you mentioned you know having having friends on the other side of, of the line of scrimmage. I mean, you grew up in Birmingham, right? So I mean, you grew up in uh around this rivalry. Yeah, I did. I, I grew up an Alabama fan, to be honest with you. Really? <laughs> yeah, I tell people if I would have got the offer from Alabama, man, I would have went. But uh, I never got that offer. But I don't regret this decision to go to Auburn and. Look, I'm glad that that <laughs> happened in 2013 so I can throw it up in Alabama face for not recruiting me. I love that. All right, so let, let's talk about what happened in 2013. Obviously, the kick six, I mean, it's going to be in every Auburn hype video from, you know, for the rest of our lives. You know, it's painted on, you know, restaurant walls all throughout downtown Auburn. It's become a very iconic play, and it will be continue to be that way until it's it's topped, and, and I don't know if that's going to happen for a, for a very long time. So, uh, Chris, if you don't mind, kind of take us through, you know, what you were doing before the play was called, because I know Malzahn called a timeout and then put you out there to return it. Just kind of kind of explain to us everything that was going on, you know, a little bit before the kick six, during the kick six, after. I mean, I think listeners would love to hear all about it. Uh, before the kick six, uh, I was lined up at corner, uh, ready to go block the kick, you know, to try to send the game into overtime. And uh, we had all the momentum uh, going into that play, and I don't think Alabama wanted to go to overtime. So we right. tried to win it in the end of regulation. And Mazan called a timeout to ice the kicker. And I just read an article uh, yesterday, um, and I, I never heard um, Coach Johnson's side of the story, but they say he came up, radioed it down to Coach uh, Harbison to put me back deep, put a guy back deep to the return to miss field goal. And um man, it was it was just epic. I I remember I knocked uh TJ Yeldon out of bounds for the one second. Uh <laughs> right. when time inspired but Nick Saban lobbied for that one second and they gave it to him. And who he he didn't think it was gonna come back and bite him in the butt. Sure. But but it did. <laughs> so when when uh when Malzahn made the call to put you back deep to return the kick what was going through your mind? I mean, did you realistically think that you were going to, you know, get a chance for one and, and two, you know, be able to return it 109 yards? 
I honestly didn't think I was going to get a chance to return it. I thought he was going to have enough leg to kick it out the back of the end zone but not make the field go, right. if you get what I'm saying. Sure. And once I seen it, I thought I thought it was going to go in for a minute. But as it traveled further, I seen it was falling short. But I knew, like, 95% chance I had a chance to take it all the way back. And so what went into your mind when – you got the corner, you got the edge, and you know because they had all the the big boys, you know, protecting the kick, and obviously you had the speed to outrun them. But once you got past the last guy, the last Alabama, I guess, defender in this case, and you just saw open grass, and you heard Jordan Hare Stadium just erupt, and the place went crazy, and you know, just moments later, it'd be you know filled with all those eighty thousand people would be on the field. But what was that moment like when you realized? Oh my gosh, I'm about to do this. Man, I was just hoping it wasn't no flag on the play. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that was the first thing going through my mind. I hope no flag was on the play. But when I managed to stay in bounds, I, I knew I was gone then because, like you just mentioned, they had bigger guys on the field. Right. I knew I was going to be able to outrun. Them. But yeah, that, that was the main thing going through my mind was I hope no flag on the play. So after you score, you, you fall on the ground and, and all your teammates just kind of pile up on you. I imagine that would be pretty hard to breathe after sprinting 109 yards. Oh, man, they almost killed me on the <laughs> bottom of the pile. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't even enjoy the moment, to be honest with you. I woke up, I had a mean mug on my face. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I couldn't breathe under there. I had the helmet on with the visor, so it was hard for me to breathe in. I was screaming and hollering. That didn't make it no better. Sure. But like I, I said, man, if I can do that all over again, man, I would have celebrated different. Yeah. I would have told Jonathan Minson, do not pull me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you do if you, if you did it all over again? How would you celebrate differently? Probably would. I probably would have jumped on the bricks. You know, the bricks right there in the back of the end zone. Like a Lambo leap kind of thing? Yeah, but I would have just stamped on top of it. Okay. And just probably held my arms out, you know. You know, like like some of the basketball players do when they make a game-winning shot. They sure. They up on the, uh, the table where they sub in at and, you know, be like, this is my house and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I think the way it ended now was pretty pretty good, too. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Uh, Chris Davis joining me, uh, of course, the the man responsible for returning the kick against Alabama later called the kick six. The following week, you saw a bunch of you know Alabama fans, you know, making these you know ridiculous claims that you stepped out of bounds and put these like poorly uh, poorly photoshopped pictures all over the internet where where you stepped out of bounds or it made it look like you stepped out of bounds. Did you kind of see any of those and just laugh at it, or you know, were you were you too focused on you know preparing for the SEC championship? No, I I seen a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. like you said, I I laughed at them because they was everywhere. I mean, if you on social media, you can't help but to see them. 
Right. You know, and I just laughed at him because I, I knew I didn't step out of bounds. That wasn't even a question. But, you know, the, that's that's how it is. It's Alabama and Auburn. That's that's a rivalry, one of the biggest rivalries in college football. And that play had to end like that. So, you know, they're going to say I stepped out of bounds. They made the yellow line even wider, uh-huh. where the white even <laughs> wider. Right. So it, it was crazy, but it was fine, though. Sure, sure. What what was the first conversation you had with uh with teammate Ricardo Lewis? Obviously made you know a ridiculous play two weeks before, and I talked to Ricardo, um, I guess a few weeks ago on this show. But uh, you know, he always talks about how uh how you upstaged him. What did that conversation go like? Oh man, it it was funny. I think it was nothing funnier when we made it to the national championship game, but we had a comedian. Uh, we went to this little comedy show, man, and the comedian put it all out there, man. He he was like, "Where's Ricardo Lewis?" And Ricardo went raised his hand. He was like, "Man, you was the man around campus." He was like, "You was the man. You walking around with your head up high." And then a week later, this hating mother sucker come and and take all your shine. You know, it it was just funny, man. It was it was a good moment, good experience, man. You know, um, I tell I told people that I tell people that Ricardo play was better than mine, and the reason why because I got to experience his play, I got to watch it. You know, I really couldn't live in the moment with with my play because all so much stuff was going on around it. And sure. Like I told you, I was angry at the bottom of the pile, <laughs> and so I really, <laughs> I really couldn't get to experience the moment that he had with his play. When did you finally realize, you know? The, the magnitude, you know, the stretch of what your play was, of what the kick six did for Auburn, what it did for college football, what it did for sports. I mean, it was the it was the story for for a very long time. I mean, even people who don't care about sports knew who Chris Davis was and knew what the kick six was and how crazy of an experience that was. When did you realize that, oh, wow, I may be responsible for the best finish in all of sports? I say the, the day after, okay. the day after the game. <laughs> That's what I say the day after the game. Where, like with Twitter followers, um, that Monday going into class, getting a standing ovation. Man, it was it was crazy, and it was life-changing around campus. You know, you walk around campus, people, you play defense, people barely know who you is. They'll rarely come up and ask for an autograph. But after that play, man, I felt like Cam knew. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you brought up Cam Newton because you were a part of that 2010 Iron Bowl as well. Uh, kind of talk about that that game. I mean, obviously, um, less was on the line for both teams in 2013, but obviously, you know, there was plenty on the line in 2010 because you guys were playing for for a national championship appearance. Talk about uh, talk about that play and you know the the conversations that you guys were having on the sideline when when you were down early and just kind of what unfolded there you know as a freshman um we really didn't play a big role offensively defensively it was just uh really special teams and we just used to sit back and just watch all the older older guys and watch how they lead and what they said was uh coming out from half when we down you know so it it wasn't. They was just saying we spotted them. I think had twenty four points in the first half. Right. And we, they came back out. Man, it was it was amazing to be a part of that. Sure. Because I got to witness that finish. I I wasn't really involved with other nothing other than special teams. Mm-hmm. But it it was great, man. Both from two thousand and ten to two thousand and thirteen. 
You know, I, both I, was awesome experience. Sure. I mean, both of those were you know historic Iron Bowls. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, I, I've talked to some former players that were in the locker room for the Iron Bowl in 2010, and, and most recently I talked to El Toro Freeman about it. What, yeah. What 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 was it uh, about? You know, it sounds like just a decision was made. Like, okay, we got to step up. It's it's time. What was it about that team that where everyone just kind of like, okay, you know, let's go out and do this in the second half? I, I think it was a, a lot of seniors and a lot of leadership around the locker room. I, and I, I remember uh, Cam coming in the locker room because Toro was really pumped up before the game. Like he was. He was amped up. I guess he had got to start, so he was he was amped up, but he didn't have a, a good first half. Mm-hmm. And Cam kind of came in the locker room and kind of called him out, you know. And I, I, I guess roommates can do that. Roommates. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They were roommates, so it, it wasn't no pressure, you know. Uh, and Etoro came back out in the second half, man, and had the the game of his the half of his life, you know. And I just say again, leadership. And you know, you you mentioned that you were a freshman, and you kind of talked about how your role was smaller as a freshman. But to come in and and see a guy like Cam Newton, a, a guy who's a, a transit a transcendent type player, a transcendent type athlete, did it kind of uh did it affect your expectations at all for like what the rest of your college career would look like as far as having a a guy on the other side of the ball that could seemingly score at will. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say it affected me. Okay. You know, cause, um, coming out of high school, I was, a I was an athlete. Sure. And I felt like I was a better offensive player than I was defense, but I just got threw over to defense. What, uh, what'd you, what'd you play remember, in high school? Uh, what offensive positions uh, you play? I played quarterback, running back, receiver. You did a lot. I really didn't even play defense like that. Okay. Like on, on occasion. And I almost not wanted to come to Auburn because they were screwing me as a DB. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. But, yeah, but Cam, I remember one practice, Cam was running the ball, and we, I was doing scout team, and he came around my corner, and I had said, man, I would have hit him right there. But, man, when we got to the games, I had second-guessed myself. I said, man, I don't know if I would have made that shot. <laughs> I just seen how he was doing all the other players, linebackers, safeties. I was like, nah, I don't know if I would have made that shot. Right, right. Chris Davis joining me on the show today. So, Chris, uh, do you still keep up with this Auburn football team? Yeah, I do. Definitely. Every Saturday. So what do you, uh, what do you think about this defense? I mean, it seems like they've put together a, a pretty talented unit. Man, this is the best defense Auburn has had in a long time. A long time. Just all around. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best defense they done had in a long time. And uh, you got to credit Coach Steele for that, too. You know, he's put together a good game plan every week, week in, week out, and the players go out and execute it to a T. You being a, a defensive back, you know, talk about uh, you know what you think of Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Javaris Davis. I mean, those corners have done an outstanding job this year. Probably not getting as much credit 
as they should. A lot of people talking about the defensive front, and granted, you know, they deserve the credit that they're getting. But yeah, the, the DBs at Auburn, they're uh, they're getting it done, and not a lot of people are talking about them. Yeah, but you look at the past, Auburn Auburn DBs have never got as much credit, you know, as other DBs around the country. And um, I think Carlton probably one of the best corners in the game right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I sit and tell some of my old teammates, man, you just got to watch the technique at the line of scrimmage. You know, uh, he's a typical corner nowadays, you right. know, like 6'1", six, 6'2", six, long, fast, can run. Uh, that's what they like, but I like uh, Dean also. I think I think Auburn got a, a excellent secondary. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, you know, fans and, and media both are really buzzing about that Carlton Davis matchup with with, with Alabama wide receiver Calvin Ridley this weekend. I mean, that's a guy that just yeah. seems to always be wide open. And then you look at Carlton Davis, uh-huh. the guy that that he's always covering, seems to be kind of locked down. So you know, something's got to give. Yeah, something's going to give, but I think the game plan, uh, Coach Steele will have a good game plan, you know, to double him here and there and not let just one player ruin the game. So I think that'll be an exciting matchup. I can't wait for it. Who you got in this one? Who you picking? Oh, come on. <laughs> I got to ask. Question. I got to ask, Chris. Come on. Auburn. You think it's, uh, you think it's a little lopsided or you think, uh, you think it's going to be close to I the end? I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good game, close to the end. Sure. Sure, sure. Chris Davis, Mr. Kick Six himself, joining us on the show today. Chris, thank you so much for your time, man. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.